save big on brunch for mom all in the kroger app get 16 ounce packs of flavorful angus 90 lean ground sirloin for 4.99 each with a digital coupon then buy two get two free on 12 packs of delicious coca-cola pepsi or 7-up all with your card Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hi, everyone. It's Leonard. I think I made a mistake. I can see that very few people listened to the conclusion of my interview with Sherry Singer of Singer Communications that aired last week. I assume it's because everyone was distracted by the holiday. But it's a great episode, so I've decided to run it this week. And then next week, I'll be back with the episode on how people perceive really big and really small numbers and what that means for effective communication. Enjoy. Hello. Happy Thanksgiving, and welcome to What to Say When Things Get Tough, a podcast dedicated to helping you communicate more effectively in difficult situations, both personal and professional. I'm your host, Leonard S. Greenberger. Today, I'm pleased to bring you the conclusion of my interview with Sherry Singer, president of Singer Communications. In this installment, Sherry and I discuss a few silver linings for trade associations and professional societies amidst all the bad news that's come our way in 2020, and what they mean for communicators and consultants who work for these organizations. I hope you enjoy it. Getting back to what you were talking about before, Leonard, when you were talking about what's happened with the pandemic, one thing that has been really surprising that has happened is that generally when we're in a downturn economy, as we were, you know, certainly for the first, you know, the second quarter of this year, and maybe even the third, there's usually a drop in marketing budgets. Because the first thing to go is like communications and public relations and marketing. And we all, all of us that are in that field are thinking, why are they cutting those budgets? This is when they should up the budget. This is the first time historically that the budgets, marketing budgets have gone up during a crisis. And that survey was done by Duke's uh, Fukua School of Business, Duke University School of Business. And they do every year a chief marketing officer, a CMO survey. And this year they moved it up because they wanted to see how the pandemic was affecting the marketing industry. Not that this uh, so much focused on associations, but what they found was kind of astounding and does you know, carry over to associations. And that is that marketing budgets were up 11 to 12% across the board since the beginning of the pandemic. And that... Um, people recognized how important it was to do marketing during this crisis. And I wonder if that's not an overall change and, and a change that we might move forward in down the road. Because previous to this, every time there was, you know, 2008 and 2009, I know you and I were talking about that previously, uh, marketing budgets were slashed. Marketing projects were slashed, communications projects, PR projects. They were like all gone in that downturn. And I, I'm not sure if it was that that now convinced people, no, we need marketing. We, we need more marketing, not less marketing. You know, so I was wondering if you had any thoughts on that. I hadn't seen that study. I, I guess I'm a little surprised because you, what you're from the time you're in college and start studying this topic, you're told that Two things. Traditionally, in any kind of a downturn, advertising, marketing budgets are the first to go. Second thing is, that's exactly the wrong thing to do because 
that's the time you can gain market share and convert new customers is when things are, other people are on the sidelines for a variety of reasons. So it's the time to be in the game. Uh, but, you know, other than those two things, which again, I learned at the very beginning of my career, finally, it's more focused on that second point, which is now's the time to be out there with marketing and advertising, as opposed to pulling back is good to know. It's good for people like us, right? But Yeah, definitely. Know. And the other thing that I think is interesting in the association marketplace is that, and I know this is true for me, and I don't know if it's true for you, but you can share after I, I talk a little bit about my experience, is that association memberships may be up. Now, whether they're up because they're offering a three months free membership or maybe a year's free membership, you know, just to give you a taste of the, I know as soon as this pandemic hit in March, I joined, I already belonged to two associations and I joined two more. So I, I think that where there was panic setting in by association executives, and most of them have reserves to be able, you know, the smart ones have at least one or two years worth of reserves, but they were really worried that the membership was going to drop and they weren't going to have the in-person meetings. And they, But I, I'm wondering if the membership, you know, as we end 2020 and go into 2021, they're not going to see their memberships go up. What's your experience with that? I'm sort of the same way. I got involved with a couple of associations, either that I hadn't been involved with in the past or that I had let lapse. Part of that was my own personal job search you know, journey. And I, so I think I'm guessing that a lot of it was the same thing, either people who were losing their jobs or were now afraid of losing their jobs and knew, oh, I better be out there networking and connecting and, and belonging to organizations that I can access job boards and that kind of thing. I hope that's a, a sort of a lesson we can take or a message that comes out of this for associations, especially the, the value that a group like that provides doesn't have, not only when there's a crisis, either in your own personal or professional life, but or generally like we're having now, but the connection and networking benefits um, and value that a, groups like associations offer, remember that, you know, in the future, if, when you get the new job and you're more stable or the economy is more stable, don't let it go because it's just going to continue to provide you with those kinds of benefits going forward. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I'm always surprised too that, you know, over the years, and I'm sure you've been asked this as well, you know, people, if people lose their jobs, they'll contact me and say, could you help me? And I haven't been in the job market in 20 years. So I don't know what kind of help, but you know, I get jobs now and again, and I'll forward them to different people. LinkedIn sends me jobs and you know, um, but I'm always surprised when someone gets a job and I, I stop hearing from them totally. Like there's no connection. And oftentimes, you know, a couple years will go by and they'll be job searching again and they'll contact me again. And I have a long memory. So I'm unlikely to do the same kind of outreach and the same kind of you know, um, sharing other opportunities with them as I was initially, because I haven't heard from them in two years, except when I got, and even if they got a job that I referred them to, a lot of times you don't even get a thank you note. <laughs> like, what is that about? Well, that's just, uh, that's poor upbringing, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that is, but it's, it's always makes me sort of gobsmacked. I'm like, because even if somebody refers business to me and one of my girlfriends, who's also a consultant 
said to me, well, you and I are the only ones doing this. So we should just keep doing it and not tell anybody. Now, I guess everybody on your podcast will know, but you know, I send a thank you note or I send flowers, you know, depending on like the size of the referral, the size of the client, you know, uh, I take someone to lunch. I, you know, I just did that today. Someone had, you know, sort of referred business to me and I took them to lunch so that outside with masks so that, so that I could say thank you. And I think that's an appropriate thing to do. Um, so if anyone's listening and they are looking for a job or they have, you know, gotten business from a colleague or a friend, you know, it's always nice to even just write a handwritten thank you note is always much appreciated. And I th- think that circles back around to the point you made about empathy and, and checking in with people from time to time. And that's what a real relationship is about. It's not only reaching out when you need something or want something, it's just to uh, see how they're doing. Yeah, sometimes I wonder if it's generational too. If um, it, it, you know, I think there is there are some generational differences in how uh, on the etiquette of sort of some of these business kinds of things, and it may be that maybe some younger people just aren't aware of the appropriate business etiquette. Yeah, that's possible. Hopefully, they'll learn one way or the other. Hopefully, they will, because <laughs> they're the same people that are on these, um, you know, social media platforms complaining that they applied for jobs and never got a response. And I'm just like, okay, well, you know, I helped you find a job and I never got a thank you. So it's sort of like what goes around comes around, I guess. And it'll it'll always be true the the cliche that it's not necess- not really what you know, it's who you know that matters and. In my own personal job search experience after being semi-retired for a year and dropping back and then coming back into the job market just in time for COVID to arrive. So my, my timing was was right on. Uh, but yeah, I mean, and the first time I had to do it in almost 30 years, and of course, so much has changed from a techn- technology point of view. Everything is LinkedIn. And my understanding is that in most cases, as it was with uh, with my stepson's example, you're not talking to a real person, you're talking to a computer, AI is reviewing things, and only if you make it through with several screens do you actually even get in front of a, a real person to talk. But I went through the whole process of sending out you know, dozens and dozens and dozens of resumes, and in the end, I wound up getting a job with somebody I have known for almost 20 years. You know, the, It was a connection I made a long time ago that a relationship I had kept, not somebody I talked to, even once a year necessarily, but would check in with from time to time or run into in a different, you know, this or that setting. We knew each other. And so when I reached out, because he did have an opening, we wound up, you know, I made that connection and that's that's how I, I landed my job. And as much as people may not want to believe or think or want that to be the way, and I think maybe some of the younger generations are that way, especially if you're coming, if you're younger and you don't have those kinds of relationships, well, of course, you know, it, it seems impossible or unfair. Some things aren't going to change. I think that's one of them. And yeah, then- I think I think the please and thank you goes a long way in this in any environment, but particularly in this environment where you know people are. Um, you know, it's just helpful to have. I know I have different groups of friends, and you know I have friends through ASAE and I have friends friends through PRSA, and they've been really helpful in um, in sort of navigating the pandemic as it is because I'm here, you know, what I'm experiencing, they're also experiencing. So at a minimum, it's a validating 
you know, they're validating what everybody's experiencing. And as an independent consultant, that's really helpful for me to have that network of people that I can reach out to. And you're right, I don't want to just reach out to them. You know, a lot of these connections are coming from weekly or monthly Zoom calls. And I'm really hoping that these calls don't end. Perhaps they won't be as frequent, but I'm hoping that they're, you know, at least monthly or quarterly. So there's a check-in with this, these different groups of people that I've been part of. Um, Cause it's just been so helpful to me as an independent consultant to hear what other people are experiencing and to go through the, cause many of them are experiencing exactly what I'm experiencing. So it's like, oh, I'm not, that's not so odd. I'm having the same issues, so. Circling back again, what a great way to establish empathy. That's really what it's about. I'm experiencing the same thing you are or I have, and that's so I understand exactly what you're going through and, and how you feel. Yeah, and one thing that's come out of this that has really also surprised me is that I've gone to some of these groups and asked questions, um, you know, when I'm having a dilemma with a client or something, you know, I know for, this is a really good example. So yesterday I knew I was coming on this podcast and we were potentially going to talk about some of the issues that associations were facing during COVID and even into 2021. And so there were a number of consultants on this call and I asked, you know, the question, I just put it in the chat and the host read it out. And I said the host to do that and said, you know, what are the changes? Sherry's doing a podcast tomorrow. And she wanted to know what are the, some of the changes you've seen in associations during the past eight months and people responded and gave me great feedback on what they've seen. And some of them, you know, even though you and I are in marketing and communications and public relations, some of the other people were in strategic planning, governance, uh, government relations. So I was getting feedback from not just marketing, PR and communications, but also people who were working with other departments in various associations. That was really helpful. We talked about the fact that marketing budgets are going up, which is a very good sign. I think for, as I said, for us personally, but generally speaking too, people are still making investments in the future. And that's one other thing that occurred to me back when we were talking about how things have changed or the reactions to downturns like the Great Recession and now this and everything else. And one of my boss I had a while ago said something to me, I believe it must have been during the great recession as that was hitting. And uh, he didn't just say it to me, he pulled everybody together and said, one thing to keep in mind is when something like this happens, there is a rush to quality. So it's not even necessarily that our clients at the time are going to stop spending altogether, perhaps they'll pull back a little, but what they're really gonna be looking for is value, that they can, that they feel that the money they're investing is going to reap rewards over time. So. You know, we're well positioned in this, in that sense, with the clients that we have and in the industries that we serve, because we are known, well known for for the work that we do, and, and our reputations. And that's, I think, that's also true. You, know, you have to keep in mind, as often as often, I was thinking this just the other day because the G, yeah, I guess yesterday the GB, GDP statistics came out, the growth yeah. of the economy, and I forget the exact numbers, but you know, we're we peaked at a 19.4 trillion dollar economy, and I think. As of the last quarter, they measured it, it was an $18.7 trillion economy. And I don't want to deny it, there's a lot of hurt in that $700 billion gap, but we're an $18.7 trillion economy. You know, there, <laughs> there's a lot going on 
there is a huge amount of investment being made in the future. There are things happening right now, not on my high horse. We don't even know what, you know, what's going on and the way people are reacting. Again, back to how the associations are adjusting to this. There are good things that are going to come out of this. We'll look back and think, wow, you know, I can't believe such and such was developed in this time. And and I don't know if I'm really being clear, but it it, it sometimes helps me to think about how we're down, but we're not out by any means. And Right. And I I also think that as consultants, which you and I are, um, we have an opening. It's almost like the Red Sea parting where we really can step in with innovative and creative ideas for our clients. You know, that in the past, they might've been resistive to Um, But now people seem more open to it because they want those innovative ideas. They want those creative ideas. You know, they've stepped, they've dipped their toe into that water. They've had to, you know, because of the pandemic. And now they're like maybe willing to take a few more steps in. And that gives us an opening. So I think for consultants, this is a really great time and a time to take advantage of the creativity and innovative ideas that we've had swimming in our heads you know, as entrepreneurs and as communication marketing professionals um, and to start suggesting those ideas to clients and hopefully to get some buy-in from those ideas that maybe in the past were a little bit, you know, no, we're not gonna do that. We've never done it that way. And I think that's a really good thing too. I also think that the, not just with associations but with the population in general, you know, we've all, been kind of dragging our feet into these new technological solutions and now we're in it you know now there's no way that you know i'm even thinking about book club and like some of the other things that we do by zoom we've now incorporated somebody from tennessee and somebody from california i do a dc swap which is a free lunch and learn that i founded and i'm the co-organizer of with three other of my association colleagues and it's national now you know, we used to get 30, 40 people at every lunch in downtown DC. And now we get 100 people. So because we can do that nationally. So the reach and the scope that technology is enabling us to have is making a huge difference, I think. And, and I know somebody who was just on a call that was with the people that the the Zoom creators. And he was saying, sharing with some of the other consultants in the association marketplace, that there are new and great things coming out of Zoom, even more, you know, sort of futuristic and connectivity kinds of things. So I think this just opened up a new world, really, for all of us, that I think if you're smart, you're not going to step back from it. You're going to step forward and embrace it. Yeah, I, I think you're right. And there are an awful lot of smart people out there, particularly young smart people with new ideas that, as you point out, I think this kind of an atmosphere gives them a leg up because this is a time when people are looking for new ideas, new open to new ways of doing things because in a way uh, we don't have any choice, but that's often a a great motivator. Necessity is the mother of invention, right? Yeah. And, And I think, you know, I'm not a technological person, but I have to say, I think that learning Zoom and mastering Zoom, I wouldn't say I'm a real master at it, but at least I can get on, I can go to a breakout room, I can, you know, schedule a meeting, you know, I can do all those things. 
there's a certain amount of accomplishment, even, you know, learning those new skills. And I think all of us, those of us who work in the association marketplace, as well as other marketplaces, are really finding that to be um, an achievement and one that we can be proud of and that we can certainly use in the future. I just suggested to somebody, you'll laugh when you hear this, you know how we did the telephone news briefings as we started to move away from press conferences in person. Mm -hmm. I'm now suggesting that people do them by Zoom. You know, And if reporters don't wanna be seen, they can not turn on their video or they can call in. But it, it's a way to that an organization, an association can make a major announcement without asking people to leave their homes or their work environment. Yeah, that's right. I, and I, again, I think it's something that's almost going to become a necessity. One of the, I'll give myself a little plug here, a future episode, upcoming episode of the podcast, I'm going to talk about how public meetings have changed in a virtual aid, age. I've done a lot of work with you know, remediation projects, cleanup projects uh, up and down the uh, Eastern seaboard. And most of them, not most of them, all of them have legal requirements for public engagement. And that always includes a public meeting of some kind. When the COVID first, first hit in the spring, anything that was scheduled was just sort of postponed. Well, we'll do it in a couple of months. We'll do it over the summer. Well, now that here that we are almost, what, eight, not eight months in, it's to the point now where you can't keep stretching, you can't keep postponing. So a lot of these public meetings are moving online. And that creates a whole new set of challenges that people are not used to when it comes to planning and executing a public meeting like that. And, and we've touched on a lot of those here. It can be much less anxiety provoking to not have to appear in front of 150 angry people face to face, you know, in a, in a high school auditorium, but which was okay. But the downside is you lose the back, you lose the ability to read the audience. You lose those nonverbal cues that we talked about before. And you can come across as being much less engaged, much less focused, much less open and honest and dedicated and all the things you have to be to be successful when you're just a, a person, you know, an image on a screen. Yeah, I will tell you that as somebody who does probably 10 to 12 presentations a year for various associations, it's killing me this thing because I always start out all my presentations, you know, I introduce myself and if I have a co-presenter, they, now that we've introduced ourselves to you, let's find a little bit more out about you. And so I'll say by a show of hands, how many of you are in marketing communications, you know, how many of you are in the C-suite, you know, how many of you are CEOs and, you know, it sort of gets people going and makes them feel engaged right from the get-go. And now I've turned to online polls and it's not the same energy. No. It's just not the same read of the room. And um, as I'm giving those presentations, I'm also watching, you know, doing a sweep periodically of the room so that I can tell people are on their phones, okay, this is not engaging them. I need to move through these PowerPoint slides very quickly and get to the next section because this is not engaging them. I don't have any of those clues now. <laughs> so I'm like, gosh, I'm thinking, you know, I'm talking and I'm thinking to myself, I hope that they're engaged. You know, I'm praying they're engaged because now with Zoom, you don't even see, you know, you might see three or four of the participants participants but if you have that side view they're very small and you know you only get a few people and right. it's really a lot of people turn their cameras off because they're going through their phone right. <laughs> well we we are uh, sherry thank you so much we talking about zoom and technology I, I i haven't paid for zoom so i only get the hour long uh, sessions before they start to warn me that it's going to be cut off and we're at an hour now 
and I don't I want to be mindful of your time. So thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. Oh, no problem. This is great. It was like a conversation between you and I. It was so fun. I think I'm uh, maybe I'll label this part one, and we'll if if you're open to it, we'll plan to get together again. You mentioned maybe towards the end of the year to talk a little bit about some of these things for associations that are that are coming that you mentioned at the... Uh... Yeah, I think that um, I'd like to talk a little bit more about um, planning for 2021, because there has been a shift from the strategic planning mm -hmm. to more of a scenario planning. And that might be an interesting thing for people, not just in associations, but in corporations, et cetera, to talk about as we move toward 2021. So thank you so much for having me today. This is just a great conversation. I really enjoyed it. Well, me too, and, and I'll look forward to, to talking again soon. Thank you, as always, to Jim Cirillo at jimmymgroup.com for our original music, to C.C. Snetzinger for our original podcast art. Please send questions to WTSWTGT at gmail.com and follow us on Twitter at hashtag WTSWTGT. I'll be back next week to discuss big numbers and how they affect our assessment and perception of risk in an episode entitled, Why We Play the Lottery. Until then, have a safe and healthy Thanksgiving holiday, and always be positive. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.